I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. It's been a while since you've heard me. The last time I did a podcast was just before the rematch between Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin. As you probably saw, or certainly should be aware by now, Gennady Golovkin lost that fight by another controversial decision. And after that fight, I was actually kind of annoyed with boxing. I just thought there's no there's no just way that I can enjoy this sport because in my heart I know Gennady Golovkin won that fight. My mother, who does not know a lot about boxing, but she certainly can tell who won and who lost because even when she watched that fight, she said, I don't understand. I thought Golovkin won. I mean, I may joke about their senility, but trust me, there was no senility that night. Not on their part, anyway. Um, and I was really, really kind of discouraged. I was rather discouraged by the results. And I didn't want to talk about boxing. I didn't want to think about boxing. But uh, as we were getting closer to the lead-up to Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury for the WBC and Lineal Heavyweight Championship... Justin, who runs Boxing for Free, he messaged me and he said, listen, I want you to do a joint podcast with Matt Lewis. You know, he's part of the website now and he's going to be fighting the same night as Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. And I got super excited. I was like, oh my gosh, we got somebody who's fighting on the undercard of this fight. I, oh my gosh, this is going to be, this is going to be incredibly exciting. I am so honored. This is, what a privilege to have this guy taking time out of his probably busy training camp to talk to little old me on the Boxing for Free podcast. What a, what a treat this is going to be. And, you know, I get mad and then he tells me, I'm not fighting on the undercard. I'm, part of a white collar boxing event in the UK and then I kind of realized how stupid I am to not actually just check the undercard notification for uh Wilder versus Fury I kind of thought you know I need to save myself from myself um Matt and I we, we recorded a conversation but for whatever reason the Skype recorder just did not get it and once again i was discouraged uh immediately i kind of wanted to smash my own head in with a microphone and thankfully i told matt about it matt has the patience of a saint because he said you know what no let's do another we, we can do this again let's talk about deontay wilder versus tyson fury and at the time uh, we recorded our first one our first uh, little joint podcast, we were both having a hard time picking a winner between Wilder and Fury, but in the time between then and now, when we had our most recent one, I was able to come to a dis- uh, come to a decision about who I think is going to win the fight. You are going to hear that in, the, in this uh, joint interview I did with Matt Lewis, and you're also going to be hearing us talk about some other fights that are coming up, some other boxing news. So, without further ado, here is the conversation between myself and the spectacular Matt Lewis. I want to take the time first off to apologize because basically we're having the same conversation all over again, but maybe maybe there's a few things that have popped up between uh, then and now. Um, 
for example, like we're, let's talk about Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder for the WBC and Lineal Heavyweight Championship of the World. Uh, as we know, uh, Wilder he's held the WBC belt for quite some time. Why? Or I'm sorry, Tyson Fury uh, won the belt, won the Lineal Championship from Vladimir Klitschko. In 2015, then he sort of went on his hiatus where he had to deal with drug abuse, mental health issues as well, and he's slowly but surely been making a comeback, and this is uh, a fight that really has a chance, or re really is an opportunity for both of them to become global figures, not just seen as uh, stars in their own respective countries, I mean, but even I would argue that is Wilder really a star in America, but this is a re really a big chance for both fighters to become global figures. So, in the time between our last podcast, have you been able to come up with a a prediction of who you think is going to win this fight? <laughs> I mean, no, not really. <laughs> uh, you know, try as I might, I mean, I I still find it quite find it quite hard um, to split them. I mean, I think um, you know. Logic and just sort of like the maths of boxing dictates that Tyson Fury, for me, is the better boxer. So, uh, therefore, Tyson Fury should win. But, I mean, with this fight, it's it's just not as simple as that. And I think that that's why people are uh, really starting to get interested in it, you know, especially as we are pretty much just, uh, you know, one week to go now. Um, we mentioned last time that there are so many variables of this fight that are... Uh, yet to be determined you know uh, yes Wilder is undefeated yes he's knocked out every man that uh, he's ever faced and you know yes he's on a good run of form and he's coming off a career best win um what he's lacking uh, is that career defining win you know even his best wins and his biggest wins his critics can poke holes in those a little bit and and um you know Luis Ortiz for many the best name on his resume you know people are saying well, how old was he? Was he past his best? You know, he hasn't really looked like the terrifying fighter since he came back from the drugs ban, hasn't really been able to recapture that sort of form. Um, and is Tyson Curious, you know, maybe a step too far? Has, he, has Deontay Wilder ever appeared at that level? Many people would say probably not. Um, on the other hand, Tyson Fury has his own questions that he's got to answer, really. Um, he does have experience at the top level. And, you know, we all saw what he did to Vladimir Klitschko a few years ago. Um, but we've only seen that performance once. He's only ever put in that performance one single time. And as you mentioned just now, uh, since that performance, he's, uh, you know, he's spiraled down an awful long way. Um, being stripped of all his belts, gaining a huge amount of weight, being treated for depression, uh, failing drugs tests left, right and centre, you know, a, a port reportedly on, uh, you know, the verge of suicide at one point. It's an awful, awful long way to climb back to the top. And, you know, how far on that climb back to the top is he? We just don't really know. So that's the long way of saying I... <sighs> Uh, uh, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see for, for fight night. And it feels like it's been a long time since we've had a fight like that, where so many people are still sitting on the fence. So maybe it's a good thing. I, I got to say, I certainly enjoy it. I, I, I really enjoy it when I can't, when I have a hard time picking a winner because when I'm watching it, it's constantly going back and forth, like the pendulum swinging both ways. So I'm thinking, Oh, it's going this way, but then something will happen. And, 
it, that that's what makes boxing exciting. But I will I will admit um, I'm le- I'm leaning towards Wilder. I uh, in, in between our last conversation, I watched uh, Wilder's fight against Ortiz, and I watched uh, both of uh, Tyson Fury's recent fights against Pianeta and Sefer Seferi. And I'm leaning towards Tyson, or I'm leaning towards Deontay Wilder to win by knockout in round eleven. Ooh, interesting. Okay, talk us through it. Okay, well, I can actually see Deontay Wilder losing this fight. Um, it, or sorry, not losing the fight, but rather losing some of the early rounds. I, I can see him getting outboxed, getting frustrated uh, with with uh, Fury's tactics. I can. Uh, I can kind of envision his corner saying, "Like, come on, man, you gotta step it up. You know, this this is the big time. You've got to do something." And out of nowhere, I can see Fury. Or I keep getting the names mixed up. And I don't know why, but I can see, uh, I can see Deontay Wilder landing this wild shot that starts to turn everything around. And then for the next few rounds, Fury's Fury's still on his feet, but he's trying to clear the cobwebs. And he's desperately doing everything. He's moving. He's evading. But Wilder is just going to be on him. And then it might be back and forth action between uh, rounds 8 through 10. But then, once again, I see that in the 11th round, Fury might be able to land this big haymaker of a shot that turns everything around for him and drops Tyson Fury. Well, I mean, I I think that's utterly sound logic yeah i mean i think you know uh, there have been a few fights uh, in wilder's career you know the ortiz fight one example gerald uh, gerald washington is another example where tyson fury uh, uh, now i'm doing it you made me do it <laughs> where uh, where deontay wilder um hasn't had things uh, all his own way you know um deontay wilder isn't He's not a fighter um, that would please the purists. You know, he's a uh, he's he's awkward. He gets his he gets his feet tangled up at times. His defense is a little bit all over the place. Um, and you know, there are certainly gaps to his game. I don't think anybody would deny that. But he has uh, freakish power. You know, I think everybody knows that. And you know, it's it, it's the one huge advantage that he does have over Tyson Fury um, that I think most people would recognise. And um, his punch power is so strong that it compensates for other areas where he may be lacking in 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 his boxing uh, you know in his boxing repertoire. Um, and Tyson Fury can be caught napping. You know, Cunningham caught him napping. Uh, I think Nevin Pajkic caught him napping. He can be hit. He can be hurt. He can be dropped. Um, so that that is one of, uh, in my opinion, many uh, plausible outcomes. I can, uh, I, I, if I had to pick, I might choose Fury on points, but I totally wouldn't be surprised if, you know, as you said, Deontay Wilder behind on the cards and behind on his luck in the fight somehow just pulls that Hail Mary punch out of nowhere and walks away a champion again. That totally wouldn't surprise me at all. And again, that that's what makes boxing exciting. That's, I would love it if it totally subverts my expectations, but in a good way. I mean, for, for the love of God, if I saw a fight where um, Tyson Fury absolutely outboxed Deontay Wilder and made him look foolish, I would still think like, if it's a good performance and – you know, I just want a good fight. I mean, this is what boxing really needs, especially in the heavyweight division. After 
Fury beat Klitschko, I thought, you know, we might be entering a new exciting era for heavyweight boxing and took a while to get there. And I, I think that was sort of revitalized with Klitschko versus Joshua. And then you had other fights like Ortiz versus Wilder. Again, like not a not a tremendous fight, but showing like, hey, you know, there is life in the heavyweight division of boxing because for the longest time in the like mid 2000s, definitely after Lennox Lewis retired, the, the heavyweight division was the bleakest in all of boxing. Yeah, I mean, after Lennox Lewis, I mean, like there was no um, there was no heir apparent um, to the heavyweight crown. Um, uh, slowly but surely, uh, the Klitschko brothers, uh, you know, forged that legacy for themselves. Um, but uh, their critics would say that um, they were very good fighters at the time when the division was very, very weak. Mm-hmm. And they and you know the people that like the Klitschko brothers would say, well, you can only beat who's in front of you. So I guess it I guess it depends on um, on your perspective. Um, what 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 I would say for for right now um, is uh, that um, the heavyweight division still does have its detractors. You know that's true. Um, I think I think it's been a really exciting couple of years um, for the heavyweight division. I mean, obviously over here in Britain. Um, you know, we're we're very very lucky to have one of, if not the sports biggest stars in Anthony Joshua. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the beef between uh, not only be- between him and guys like Tyson Fury, but also between their their promoters uh, in Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn. You know, that's in that's interesting and exciting as well. And uh, you know, there's a, there's a new headline every day about what one of them has said about one of the others. You know, over here. So there's. Uh, you know, it, it, it to, to me at least, it feels like there's a lot going on. You know, and you've, if you've got the three guys at the top, that if you if you say, for example, would be Joshua Wilder and Fury, um, the levels below those guys are packed um, with fighters that are willing to you know have a crack at the very very top. And I think it's a, for me personally, I'm still getting a um, a, lot, a lot of joy and uh, from the heavyweight division at the moment, but. Um, I did have a question for you, actually, Andrew. I mean, over over here, um, just going back to the fight at the weekend, there seems to be people that are falling on both sides of the fence. People are, um, you know, picking Wilder and there are others that are picking Fury. It seems that if there was a majority out of those two camps, people supporting Tyson Fury, you know, seems to be the bigger camp, you know, where most people seem to think in the UK that Tyson Fury is going to be the one that, that walks away the winner. Would you say that that is uh, the same in Canada and in, in the United, in the United States? Uh, it's, it's funny you should mention that because I, I watched a video today and it, it's a guy speaking to a whole bunch of uh, quote unquote boxing experts. And you know, I, I can't uh, list all their credentials or even remember their names because this was four o'clock in the morning. But um, I, I just, they they were all picking Deontay Wilder to win. Now, I don't know if this was a, a national thing or not, because it's like, well, gee, all, these guys are all Americans. So are they, are they afraid to back the Brit out, you know, and just be accused of treason? I, I don't know what's going on, but it, it seems like a lot of them were picking on, or sorry, were rather picking Wilder because of his power. Right. Okay. Okay, and would you say that that's um, would you say that that's like the same, you know, the 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 sort of like 
the state's over. I mean, is it, is anyone over there really giving Fury a chance? I mean, Wilder I, is going into this fight the the, the favorite, I think, um, and rightly so. But I mean, are there people? Is anybody picking Fury over there? Uh, not that I've seen. I I don't pick up Ring Magazine as um, as much as I used to, and I wish that they were giving this fight more coverage because I I don't even think that uh, Wilder versus Fury is on the cover of the recent ring magazine. And that's a pity because this is, you know, one of the biggest fights of the year and nothing, nothing advertising it. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I think we're just going to have to wait and see. I mean, you know, as is here we go with reeling out all the, all the boxing cliches, but you know, the training is done. The sparring is done. Uh, and now we just need to really see the fight. I don't really think that there's anything um, that anybody else can say. Um, there's been some good, uh, there's been some encouraging developments in uh, Tyson Fury's camp, you know, which we talked about last time. Uh, ben Davison uh, is a good trainer, not very experienced at, uh, at the high level. Um, uh, so Ricky Hatton as one corner member and uh, Freddie Roach being the other corner member. I, I think that's encouraging signs personally. I think he's going to really uh, respond to that wealth of experience, but we're just going to have to wait and see. And I think I'm as ready as anybody else to see it now. As am I, I've got that night off of work. I, I am looking for any, any and every bar that is uh, going to be showing the fight so far. Nothing's coming up. I've got a, I've got a website that will show you, uh, every uh, bar or sports bar in Canada that Canada that's going to be showing the fight, and they're not even listing it yet, which is not very encouraging. So it's kind of like, come on, people, you know, we, we don't have much time until this fight starts. So I need to know. I need to plan. God damn it! <laughs> it sounds like people might be sleeping on it a little bit over there. Uh, un unfortunately, yeah. Um, a lot, a lot of the big fights that should uh, be getting bigger exposure don't. I mean, the last one that did was Canelo versus Golovkin, the rematch. You know that that brought in a good number of people. I mean, I I, I gotta say, I went to, I used to go to a sports bar uh, when Pacquiao was fighting all the time. There is a big uh, Filipino population here in Calgary, and it you you would be lucky if you could find uh, an empty seat in the house. Well, I mean, uh, m uh, my best mate is uh, is is Filipino, uh, and um, he actually knows knows people that know him, and um, ah. when, yeah, I know. I was as shocked as you are. I mean, <laughs> it, it, but um, I mean, it, it is true what they say. Uh, you know, uh, that whenever Pacquiao fights, I mean, the whole country does come to a standstill. You know, nowhere's open. Uh, nobody's doing anything. There's just 20 people crowded around a TV set, just, uh, just, you know, uh, hoping that he wins. And he's he he it, he has become that that national icon very very much. So and you know, the the sort of Pacquiao fanaticism out there is 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 true. It is what they say in the press. Oh, a absolutely. Um, I'll I'll never forget the night that. Um, uh, oddly enough, um, it was the first time my dad. Or no, sorry. The second time my dad was seeing Pacquiao fight live, uh, but you know we're we're watching on TV. I say live, but um, you know we have no idea what's going to happen in the fight. And it was his fourth fight with Juan Juan Manuel Marquez, and this was yeah. such a this this was the best 
fight out of the whole series, and it's su such a back-and-forth action. I'm in a booth. Like, every TV in the sports bar is showing this fight, and I, I am just so excited, bursting with excitement, that I am standing on on my chair. Like, I'm standing on the seats, and thankfully, uh, all the waitresses, <laughs> like, nobody was coming by and saying, sir, you, you, you have to sit down. Those, you know, I, I was very fortunate, but then when the knockout punch came, there, there was just like this dead quiet, like it was like <laughs> the celebration had turned into a funeral. Yeah, it, it wasn't in the script that one, no. was it? No, but no. that's what makes boxing so damn exciting. I know, I know, I know. Um, what do you, um, what do you think about um the Broner fight? <sighs> the Broner fight would have been exciting maybe a couple years ago, back maybe when Broner was still undefeated or maybe just had the one loss to Maidana and also Pacquiao wasn't a, a senator in the Philippines. I mean, uh, I, I just don't understand why he's still doing it. I, I, I really hope that he's not in financial trouble because he's already looking past this fight to a rematch with Floyd Mayweather Jr. that nobody wants to see. Yeah, he is. And, um, you know, there was there was rumors um, circulating around. I, I I saw it either yesterday today that Pacquiao reckons he's got three more years. Oh. Um, I know, I know. Um, and you've got to wonder where um you know when you need to start getting just a little bit concerned because um I can't really see him beating you know, the Spences. I can't really see him beating the Crawfords of the division. They're just too young, too hungry, and they're, they're too in form. Um, I, personally, I, I think if he beats Broner, that's a good time to retire for me. Um, what else is there left to achieve? What, uh, unless, as you say, it's a financial thing, which I hope isn't the case. But win against Broner, you know, become, you know, what welterweight champion again by um defeating the tse defend it once and and then that that's your lot that that's personally what what i would like to see yeah it's what i would like to see too manny's one of my favorite fighters of all time i mean i have so many great memories of watching him fight but i don't want to see him be one of these um these fighters that go on for too long and then come up against somebody who's younger, hungrier, and just does what he did to Oscar De La Hoya almost 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, those, those, those were really sort of Pacquiao golden years. I mean, when I, when I watched the, uh, when I watched the Hatton knockout, um, and obviously Ricky Hatton and over every, everyone was like, you know what? I think Hatton might be able to do it. And, you know, he's back down at 10 stone or, you know, whatever. And um, when Pacquiao knocked him out, there was a there was a moment almost like in the first Matrix where Morpheus goes, I knew it. He's the one. <laughs> <laughs> and that that for me, I was like, wow, that's it. Like, Pacquiao is possibly one of the greatest fighters of the generation. And then then he went on to prove it again and again and again and again and again. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just don't want uh yeah, I just don't want him to fade too much before he decides to call it a day and tarnish that reputation that he's forged for himself. Exactly. And you brought up the Hatton fight. Uh, one of Deontay Wilder's cornermen, a gentleman by the name of Russ Anberg, he's a well-respected uh, boxing coach here in Canada. He also works with Vasil Lomachenko. 
Um, mm. He used to host a uh, a boxing uh, talk show. Well, not a talk show, but it's kind of like a new show, kind of like uh, HBO's The Fight Game, except it wasn't as pompous or smug. In fact, there wasn't any of that in it. It was actually uh-huh. it was actually exciting. I mean, Amber had this. Uh, just this incur- encourageable energy about boxing that you know you you almost wanted to give him a tranquilizer like calm down Russ no nobody's fighting but even he said that with a victory over Hatton Pacquiao had established himself as one of the all-time greats in boxing and uh and and he confirmed that afterwards with the victory over Miguel Cotto which I had a hard time picking uh, a winner for that fight but. Man, I don't want Pacquiao to get hurt. I, you know, I would hope that, considering all the millions he made before and after fighting Floyd Mayweather, because he got over a hundred million for that fight alone, plus the money he makes as a senator. I don't know. I just, I hope he doesn't need the money, and I hope that uh, he can catch that dragon eventually. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm just taking a quick look at his record now, actually, and uh, you know. If you look at the names he's beaten since Hatton, it goes Miguel Cotto, Joshua Clotti, Antonio Margarito, Shane Mosley, uh, uh, Juan Manuel Marquez. He loses to Tim Bradley, then it's the Marquez knockout. Then it's Brandon Rios, then he avenges the Tim Bradley lost twice. I mean, it's a who's who. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't want to see it fade either. And um, hopefully Broner um, is the swan song. Yeah, that what a great way to go out. You you can't beat Floyd, but you can beat you know, big brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> little brother. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but, I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. I, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, but who knows? After I remember after the Maidana fight, I said, you know, when somebody beats up the little brother, it's usually the big brother who steps in and says, "Who beat up my little brother? I'm gonna kick their ass." And that's what happened with Floyd twice on him. Uh, because he fought Maidana twice, but still, uh, no, I, I hope Floyd just was like, nah, you're good, little brother. You you can fight your own fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Broner would be happy to take care of himself as well. Oh yeah. Uh, so is there? Uh, how is your training coming along? You've got a uh, white collar fight uh, the same night as uh, the Wilder Fury fight. How's your training coming along for that? Yeah, it's good. Thank you for asking. Um, it's uh, it's going well. Um, you know, it, it's starting to bite a little now. You know, the way uh, the weight is 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 very much off. And you know, when it gets to this sort of point in 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 the training camp, you you start to get grumpy and you start to get tired and you get a bit snappy for no reason. And um, round about now, you start getting anxious. It, it's hard to think about other things when you're not at work or anything Mm -hmm. so um but yeah training's going good i've got my final sparring session tomorrow uh i i mentioned uh in the in in our previous attempt at this podcast that at the gym where i am um this is sort of a loose rule really but um you uh, the number of rounds that you're going to be fighting is 10 percent of the number of rounds that you need to spar in preparation for that fight. So if you're spar, uh, if you're fighting for four rounds, you've got to be sparring at least 40. Um, if, you, if you're fighting six rounds, you've got to be sparring at least 60. So um, uh, mine's a three round fight. So I'll be finishing uh, 
actually just a little over um, 30 rounds in preparation. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm good to go. I, I've got um, the final few days of the, of the week off work just so that I can get the final, uh, the final few pounds off. And then, yeah, ready to go for Saturday night. Well, excellent. Uh, as I mentioned in our previous conversation, when Justin told me that, oh, he's uh, Matt Lewis is going to be fighting the same night as uh, Fury versus Wilder, I mistakenly thought, oh my God, he's on the undercard. This, how exciting! I'm going to be chatting with a boxer who's like, oh no. And then you told me it's white collar, and it's kind of like, I am so freaking gullible. I, 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 I managed to, I managed to fool even myself. But uh, we were talking about the undercard last time, and we said that, well. Yeah. Potentially good, but instead of the card of the year, it's more like the card of the month. And uh, I'm looking at the card now. Some uh, some fights have been added to it. Uh, one of them is Julio Cesar, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. against Alfredo Angulo for the WBC Open Punching Bag Championship. Because these guys are two of the most willing targets in the sport. Say that again. Sorry, you broke up um, a bit there, Andrew. Oh, Sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is going to be fighting Alfredo Angulo for the WBC Open Target uh, Punching Bag Championship. Dear, dear, dear. Um, well, okay. Um, I mean, I, without looking, I don't know if Alfredo Angulo has um, has, has has fought for that, um, that way previously, but um, <laughs> but. Um, no, I, I did see that um, Julio um, Cesar Chavez Jr. had announced that um, that he was coming back. Um, it's, uh, okay, fair enough. Um, I mean, I, I, I can't pretend that I'm particularly excited um, to see him back. Um, the fight against Canelo um, was uh, a one-sided shutout. In my opinion, it was it was a really poor um, performance on his behalf, and I think I, I think he knows that. I think he knows that, and and um, I, I maybe I should be more interested, but um, I, I'm going to need to wait until after the fight before before I make an assessment on him, really, because he's um, he, he he rightly slipped um, under the radar um, following that loss. Yeah, he slipped under the radar, probably probably out of embarrassment. He probably had a lot of thinking that he had to do about whether he wanted to continue or not. I mean, after the fight, Julio Senior, he I, I like I can imagine that he was on his phone googling uh like how to legally emancipate myself from my son. I mean, I I felt so bad. <laughs> I felt so bad for Julio, but at the same time, you know, he kind of does this to himself unfortunately. He, like he does not take care of himself in between fights. He he could be a lot better than he was. I mean, I remember the uh, fight against Martinez. That last round was what I called the round of the year. Um, but yeah, he just did not take uh, good care of himself. And Alfredo Angulo, oh my gosh, that's a guy who uh, who should have retired long ago. I mean, uh, he he took an unnecessary beating against. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, he also had that a good back-and-forth action battle with Arislandi Lara, which I think it was a very underrated fight, but, you know, ever since that uh, that loss to Alvarez, he's had only five fights, and he's lost three of them, and uh, 
won a bunch of uh, fights against uh, fighters who have almost as many losses as they do wins. So it's kind of yeah. like, is this really the best preparation for somebody, even if it's Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., you can't take away the fact that he does have 50 victories. Yeah, and, you know, it's... I don't think that there's much of a of a disguise in the fact that this is this is probably uh, he's taking it probably for the money. You know, if I was in his position, maybe I maybe I'd do the same. But um, just extending uh, your, um, uh, you know, the point that you made uh, a moment ago, um, he's only won two out of his last five. He's actually only won two uh, in his last seven. He's two and five in his last seven fights. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of form that we're talking about. And he hasn't been in a uh, scheduled 12 rounder, so the championship distance since 2014. Um, this is for 10 rounds, I can see now. But um, but uh, yeah, he's um, hasn't won a fight since 2015. I mean, this this is ve- he is very much the comeback opponent to be fed to Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Um, but I, I I really don't know um, how much. Um, Chavez is going to learn from this. I think that if he does, you know, I have to say when he does, uh, uh, if he does, because this is boxing. But if he does win, um, he can't be waiting around. He needs to, you know, he needs another fight quick. And, you know, I'd like to see him out again in February, you know, latest March, um, because if Chavez is serious about this comeback, um, what he needs is momentum and what he needs is fights. And um, he's going to need a lot of them if he wants to uh, reestablish himself in what is a very packed super middleweight division. Exactly. Um, Also, another fighter who's going to be making a comeback, and this actually uh, surprised me, is uh, former champion Robert the Ghost Guerrero. Uh, He is going to be taking on a fighter named Adam Mates, who has a record of 28 wins, 12 losses. Now, Guerrero... Um, he retired back in 2017, and I, that's why I was kind of like, wait a minute, you're, you're coming back already, and I was on vacation uh, back in Ontario when uh, I when he uh, had his last fight against the undefeated Omar Figueroa Jr., and uh, Guerrero, that was uh, the only time he'd been stopped in his career, and it was a bit sad because I, I thought that once again... Um, the Robert's biggest problem was himself. I've said uh, that after the Floyd Mayweather fight, certainly after the loss to Keith Thurman, that he needed to change his trainer, but that never happened. And uh, his trainer is his father, Ruben Guerrero, and that he needed to work on defense because the guy, the guy loves to trade. He loves to stand and trade, and sometimes, like in the fight against Figueroa, it's to his detriment. Absolutely. And oddly enough, this is another fighter um, uh, like Angulo, who is um, two and five in his last seven. Um, so uh, how much quality he, he, he has left, you know, um, remains to be seen. I mean, it's he's had three um, fairly high profile uh, losses um on the bounce now, um, you know, the most recent one of which, as you mentioned, was uh, was against Figueroa, and that that was the knockout loss. Um, so I think that he's going in, he, he's going back in at the right level. You know, this is only an eight rounder. He probably needs to build up a bit of confidence, um, build up a, a little bit of momentum behind him. Um, again, you know, if he stays at welterweight, 
how close is he realistically going to get to the top after, you know, a, a bruising few years in the sport? Um, but I've got to say, in the interviews that I have seen with him, I really quite like the guy. So, oh, um, absolutely, you know. I do too. Yeah, so, so you know, I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that there might be one or two more interesting fights in the near future um, with a couple of up-and-coming prospects. So I'm going to say, for me, you know, welcome back for the moment. Yeah, for the moment, welcome back. It, it's not so much like Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. where you see fighting again. It's like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, wheel out the carnival yet again. It, exactly. No, I mean... Robert Guerrero, I, 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 I like him as a fighter. He follows me on Twitter, and um, I actually think that he does a good job on commentary when he sometimes works the uh, PBC fights. He does a color commentary for them as an expert, and I think he does a good job there. So, I don't know, maybe seeing all those fights, it kind of reignited a fire in him, and he says, okay, maybe I'll try this one last time, see how far I can go. And who knows? Like, hey, well, for for the moment, welcome back. I'm not going to tell him, oh, no, like, you're making a mistake. I might agree with it, but who knows? I like surprises. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. And, you know, it's uh, it's 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 just testimony, um, you know, to the long-known fact that boxing is a terribly hard sport to put down. You know, I, I just hope it doesn't come back to bite him. As do I. As do I. Um... We've been chatting for a good, oh, I don't even have a, okay, we've been chatting for a good 35 minutes almost. I do not want to keep you uh, any longer than you are because it's probably 8 or 9 o'clock in the future where you are. I don't know. I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the not too distant past of 1 o'clock over here. So, um, uh, right. I, like I said, I don't want to keep you uh, any longer than I have to. I want to thank you once again for, you know, you were talking about this is the difficult time now where you might get snappy or anything. You've been nothing but a proper English gentleman this whole podcast. <laughs> um, I, 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 expect, I hope that you're quite the opposite of a gentleman uh, next Saturday when you have your fight against your opponent. God help them. And, uh, thank you. And uh, as we said on the previous podcast or previous attempt at this recording, I want to do more of this in the future, particularly for big fights like Errol Spence versus Mikey Garcia. I had a terrible, terrible dream last night that um, I was waking up and I realized, oh, no, that fight's happening today. I've got to work. I need to figure out how I can, you know, somehow skip work. And see the fight. And then when I actually woke up, it's like, oh, it was all just a dream. <laughs> You're dreaming about it already, I'm are you, dreaming Andrew? about it already. How how wonderful or how pathetic is that? I don't know. <laughs> You're a lifetime boxing fan, man. That's 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 how it works. You know, as um as we were saying last time, that's it is one of the great fights in 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 a a great, great division at the moment. Um I was saying last time uh Mikey Garcia deserves all the credit for and what I personally believe um is is a is a very big step up you know he's he's uh he's got the edge in experience and you know some some might say he's actually got the um the edge in boxing technique and execution but you know Spence is a vicious vicious puncher um uh, but it you know, yet again, for, for many other reasons that we went into last time, um, it's it's a pick and fight. But uh, I would uh, I'd be more than happy to join you on uh, 
this podcast uh, again near the time to uh, to share a few thoughts from across the pond. Absolutely. No, I would welcome that anytime. And so long as the uh, the Skype recorder doesn't uh, shit out on us, I think we should be all right. Fingers crossed, eh? Yes. Matt, once again, thank you for your patience, your time. Good luck next Saturday. And as I mentioned before, like, uh, you know, feel free to do a write-up of uh, what this experience is going to be like for you before and after the fight, because I think a lot of people would be curious about it. I personally am, and I'm not even fighting. <laughs> yeah, no, of course, I'd be happy to. Um, I, I think that this is something that Justin has, uh, has, has mentioned to me or, uh, already. So, um, yeah, once the um, once the fight is uh, is out of the way and I've got a little bit of time to think, I'd be more than happy to do a write up for um, boxing for free. It's been it's been a little while, so um, watch this space. You'll see me back soon. Excellent, Matt. Thank you for joining us. Um, thank you for joining me. I already said that. You see, yeah. yeah how <laughs> it's one o'clock. How drunk am I? Uh, <laughs> well, it's Friday. There you go. Okay. You, go. Uh, you have a good day. Have a good fight. God save the queen. God save her indeed. And uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. And a big shout out to all the Boxing for Free podcast listeners. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Once again, big thanks to Matt Lewis for just being an absolute gentleman and doing this recording for the second time, even though he could have said no. He could have called me a toss pot, which is, I think, the worst thing that the English can call anybody. I don't know. But, um, Anyway, I got to say, the conversations that I've had with Matt, they've kind of helped reinvigorate myself in regards to boxing. Um, I'm a lot more excited about the sport now than I was previously. And if we can keep having good fights to look forward to, like uh, Mikey Garcia versus Errol Spence... I think that's going to be great for the podcast, and especially if I can have somebody like Matt on, just to, well, just to make the podcast sound a whole lot smarter. I told him previously, you know, your accent, it it just elevates the IQ of the podcast. I mean, I said people are going to stop and they're going to be thinking, oh my gosh, this charming English accent is speaking to us, and oh my gosh, he makes so many eloquent points compared to this stupid loud Canadian. Doesn't he ever shut up and get to the point? So, no, um, I'm very excited about this fight, and I stand by my prediction in regards to Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. I think that Wilder is going to find himself outboxed for maybe the first four, maybe even five rounds. But then he's going to turn it around with a big punch. And then Fury's going to be on the defensive for a few rounds, maybe two or so, two or three. But then he'll start to get back into it. And it looks like, oh my gosh, Fury's going to be able to do what he did against Klitschko. He's going to survive. But then in the 11th round, bang. And Tyson Fury is going to be out on his back in the 11th round. That's just how I see it. And who knows, maybe I'll have Matt on sooner than we think to discuss the outcome of this fight and where we go in the future, because we got other bouts to look forward to, like Pacquiao versus Broner. We also got fights on the undercard to discuss. There could be some minor or major upsets. Who knows, maybe Alfredo Angulo can find new life, beating the hell out of Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And then Chavez can finally go, or Chavez Sr. rather, 
Julio Sr. can finally go forward with that emancipation he's been looking forward to for quite a while. But anyway, you have to look forward to that for another time because that's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Eris Lundy Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. Did I actually say that? I'm going to go crawl under a rocket! <laughs>